Welcome to the Vulnerable Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Almeida. Each week, we'll share the inspiring story of someone who has faced their share of vulnerability and been able to find success and fulfillment. We hope all our stories will help you find the strength within yourself to live the life you want and find success of your own. Figs O'Sullivan said, Vulnerability is life without any mask or filter. It's the best way for me to feel alive. This is episode 18 of the Vulnerable Podcast with Matt Gannon. From a very young age, my next guest was severely bullied, but for the strangest reason, the fact that he was empathetic. He had more relationships with adults, teachers, and coaches rather than kids his own age. This led to him becoming addicted to praise as it made him feel accepted by others. He would continuously try and do the right thing, even if he wasn't really sure why he was doing it. It wasn't until the 8th grade that he'd begin to feel like he fit in, and that was due to him joining the football team. He was far from the best player, but would work as hard as he could to get better. In high school, he joined just about every activity he could, hoping that he'd find his place. Well into his 20s, he would continue trying to find acceptance, and it would lead him to straying from his values. Making him miserable on the inside, and wearing a mask of happiness and success to anyone looking at his life from the outside. Then, when he hit 30, he'd do the unimaginable and attempt suicide because he couldn't even recognize himself anymore. Being saved by music, the one thing he'd always loved, would begin the transition to becoming the strong, incredible human being we see in front of us today. Learning that he could overcome just about anything that came his way at this point, he began a nine-year journey to building the life he was meant to live. Now he's a coach who's helping others transform their lives through their story and align their lives with their values teaching them to pull lessons from what they've endured and how to transform their work from a hobby to a meaningful career. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get vulnerable with Matt Gannon. Hey, Matt, thank you for coming on the Vulnerable Podcast. It's a pleasure to have you. Um, You know, we connected through LinkedIn a couple of years ago now. I've been following your journey, seeing the ups and downs of it, and I really enjoyed it, to be honest, because I think you, you took some steps that most people wouldn't take in their life. So, um, you know, again, thank you for coming on and, and being so willing to share your story. I'm glad you enjoyed it. It's my life. So <laughs> I'm glad someone's enjoying the show. So that's all. Thank you, man. It's an honor. I appreciate you, Brian. Awesome. So the first question I ask every guest is what is your definition of vulnerability? Oh, man. My definition of vulnerability is being able to let the walls down and letting people see through the masks, see through all the armor and getting a chance to actually see who you are at your core, not who you're pretending to be, not who you think other people want you to be, but who you really are inside. And I believe in strength and vulnerability, but what I also believe is vulnerability with boundaries and not walls. Like it's okay. You don't have to let everybody right into the, the, the center of you. Like that's a very special place. And that should be only given out to those who have really earned it. You know, that access It's a privilege for people to have that kind of access to you. Um, And you get to choose who has it. But I say boundaries because you get to choose who you let in at what depth. But I do believe that you've got to have some, you know, you've got to have your walls down. If you have vulnerability with walls, then it's really not vulnerability at all. You're just, you've got all this armor. And what will happen is you will prevent people from hurting you, you can definitely reduce the chances of getting hurt, burned, and taken advantage of if you have those walls up. 
But guess what? Like you also reduce your chances of experiencing joy. Like you're going to minimize everything in life. So that's not living. So that's why I totally believe in vulnerability and strength in it because that's how great opportunities happen. That's how epic shit happens, you know, because you take a risk. And so you can't have amazing breakthroughs in life without taking some risks. So that's my definition. No, awesome, awesome definition and couldn't agree more. I mean, the, the whole point of this podcast is to allow people to see the strength and vulnerability. That's all I'm trying to achieve with this because I feel like there's a lot of us out there that are struggling with a lot of things or facing vulnerabilities and we don't know how to get out of them or if we can. And through this, I'm hoping that, you know, these stories that people are sharing are going to give somebody the help that they need. So great definition. Couldn't agree more. Uh, I mean, all I've right. seen my own life change in big ways because of of becoming more vulnerable so again couldn't agree more so what would you say uh, thinking back as far as you can what would you say would be your earliest memory of facing some sort of vulnerability or struggle in your life mm. uh you know i can pretty much go back to when i was a little kid um i always kind of had a sense uh, or a strong empathic sense um, where I could feel things and uh, sense stuff in other people. I mean, even at the age of five, I can go back to that and remember that period. And uh, what I learned, though, was that not everybody liked being seen. Uh, not everybody appreciated that. Even they could almost tell that I could sense things or see things. And I, and I was sensitive, too, as a kid. Um, and I was bullied for that. Like, uh, you know, people... People my age, my peer group as a kid thought that that was weird, you know, that I was just kind of out there. Um, and so, yeah, I, got, I was bullied at a young age for that until I got to the point where I stopped making eye contact with a lot of people, wow. um, especially, you know, up until eighth grade. You know, I was I would look down a lot, you know, from the years from like third grade to eighth grade. I really started to kind of go inward because, um, yeah, I. I had the snot kicked out of me sometimes for that. You know, I was just weird. It's kind of a chubby kid. I liked video games and stuff. So I kind of buried myself in that. Uh, but, you know, I could always feel things. And that's why most of my connections in life as a child were adults, teachers, and coaches. You know, people much older than me. I gravitated towards them more than I did my own peer group. And I, and I had some, some close uh, friends in my circle. But for the most part, I was pretty lonely uh, growing up until high school. So yeah, that's, that's when I can first really find it. But I really started to embrace it um, in high school more. Um, I was wearing a few masks at the time, but I was starting to understand the value behind it. But it, the biggest breakthrough, I th think started happening five years ago. Like that's when I owned it, like 100% owned it. And, uh, and that's been an amazing journey. We can dig into that whenever you want, but yeah. Definitely. It's, it's hard to imagine. I mean, knowing you over the past couple of years and seeing sort of your online presence, it's hard to imagine you were ever the type of guy that sort of walked around looking down and <laughs> not really being out there because, you know, you've definitely, uh, like you just said, you've stepped into your, yourself a lot over the last little while. And uh, so I couldn't even imagine. And, and it's, it's, to me, it's interesting when you see that or when you hear about that, because you know, mm -hmm. so many of us were bullied or something's happened to us. And when you see the person today, you know, and especially again, because I've only seen, known you for the last couple of years, 
it's hard to imagine those people from before, but, uh, but yeah. So that's the thing. We all have stuff though, you know, that we're going through. And, and so, yeah, I've been on both sides of the fence and I never want to pretend that I don't ever want to deny that part of my history either is that I've been bullied, but then I went through a chapter of life where I've been the bully, you know, like I've been on both sides, you know, lashing out, looking for control, being angry. And so like now I'm in a place in life where I value the experience. Like I was very ashamed of it in the past, but I've found ways to, to make peace with it and ask for forgiveness and still asking for forgiveness. But now I get that perspective of what it's like on both sides to be bullied and be the bully, you know? So I'm grateful for the whole journey. No, I think we all need to be in one way or another. Um, I mean, I can say the same for myself in terms of just the last couple of years of my life. So, but again, this, this podcast is about you, so we won't get into that too much. All so good, man. the, the, you know, the bullying and everything that you were going through at that younger age, what would you say you did to overcome that or to, to get through it? Um, I had some great adults in my life, some really great teachers. Um, my dad was a rock star, you know, but I grew up in divorce. So I only saw him, you know, Wednesdays to visit. And then every other weekend um, I would spend with him. Um, my dad was just an awesome guy. You know, he was a, he was a superhero. He's the one who introduced me to music and rock and roll knowledge. Um, you know, and he, he always just accepted me as is. And um, uh, my mom, also very awesome, you know, but she had a lot going on. Uh, to working and stuff. And, um, and so, yeah, like, especially during those years from third grade to eighth grade, she was working a lot, you know, and so uh, I was kind of left on my own. And uh, she always had the best of intentions too. But because I was kind of resourceful, um, and I, I tended to have a higher maturity level about things, um, I was kind of left on my own, like, you know, I'd figure stuff out, you know, I was responsible. Um, and it was important to be the be the good boy to check off all the boxes, be a good boy, you know, cause that's what got me approval. So at a very early age, I started to get addicted to praise and approval. Like that was a sweet drug for me. <laughs> you know, I, I wasn't into drinking or doing any drugs, but man, I was hooked on praise and approval. Um, and I would do whatever it took. You know, if someone said, you know, Oh wow, your son is so polite. You know, I was like, Oh, I have to act that way every time I'll get that kind of praise because everyone said how proud they were of me or like, wow, you know, he's such a pleasant kid. All right, perfect. Act that way every single time. You know, if somebody was having a tough day and I was there to support them and someone said, oh, you're so strong. Thanks for being there for that person. All right, I got to do that every single time. You know, like, so I, that's what I did. I did it in sports. I did it in everything. But, uh, but yeah, I had some people that were really supportive along the way. Uh, and it was my mom signing me up for football in eighth grade that really started to kind of change things because uh, I was terrible at it. <laughs> she wanted me to go make friends. And uh, I had no knowledge of football whatsoever. Um, I was still kind of chubby, no athletic skill naturally. Uh, and man, I just got pummeled every single day. And, um, but I kept showing up and I kept doing it. I have no idea why, <laughs> uh, but I wouldn't quit. And I was terrible. I'm telling you, I was awful. Uh, but by the end of the season, we're doing the banquet and the coach says, you know, this is a kid where my respect went from here to here by the end of the season. And then he said my name. I was like, what? I was like, why? You know, and he talked about like how I just kept working and trying and working harder and being persistent and hustling. 
And uh, man, I fed off of that. And so again, it fed the addiction, but it also just told me like, oh, people are watching. And uh, so I got something out of that. But things started to change at that point. Well, it's, it's, it's interesting because one thing that I, I listen to a lot of podcasts myself and just all the reading that I've been doing over the last little while as well, the one thing I consistently hear is you need mentors and coaches and people in your life. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's great to hear that you found that at such a young age. I mean, I'm finding them more so now. Had I found yeah. them when I was younger, it probably would have changed things for me as well and, and for a lot of us. And I think it's a key to any change you go through in life. You can't do it alone. And if you try to, it's yeah. going to be a very lonely journey and it's going to take a lot longer. And that, that's at least my personal belief. That's the thing. Like by high school is when I had a really core inner circle of mentors with my teachers. I loved high school. Academically, I was really challenged. Um, but, uh, I had great teachers that I'm still in touch with to this day. Um, and, uh, I absolutely loved high school. So if there was an extracurricular activity that I could be involved in, I was in it class president, um, you know, sports, you know, football, track, basketball manager. I did the announcing and in the, in the voice and stuff. And, you know, I'd hit the gym for, you know, to train for more football. I did martial arts. You know, I was in band, I was in the chorus, you know, computer aid, like whatever, <laughs> like, oh, met peer mediation, suicide prevention, all the stuff that I could get involved in, I was there. And so I found my, my niche with that. And, uh, and that really helped build a lot of self-esteem there. But still, I was running off of praise. Football was the interesting one because I didn't know that I was an angry kid. Um, but once I was able to put a helmet on, uh, it was a different story because like my freshman year, I couldn't play. I was injured. And when that, when it was taken away from me and I couldn't play anymore, then I got really angry and I wanted to play. So hmm. I worked out all summer, lost a lot of weight, got in shape, sophomore year, man. Like I, again, I wasn't a natural athlete. I wasn't the fastest. I'm not the smartest. I'm not the strongest. I could out hustle you though. You couldn't break me. Like I could out hustle you. I would run until I pass out. And then I still wouldn't pass out. I would, I'd keep standing, you know? And so I was unbreakable and I got a lot of praise for it. I was willing to take the hits, whatever it took. And so eventually by my senior year, I'm starting on varsity as an offensive <laughs> lineman, a guard, you know, I was fast. I'd take the running back all the way to the end zone every single time, but I would sacrifice my body every single time, whatever it took. Cause I got praised for it. And that's, that started to rack. That's when I found out that by doing things just for praise was going to cause damage because while my, I never passed out, got knocked out. I took a lot of serious hits and, and today they would qualify as concussions. And so as of like three weeks ago, I found out what kind of damage that did to my head. Oh, geez. So it's been a fascinating journey. So what, like, you know, you, you've, you've sort of touched on a few things, I think, but what new strength would you say you really discovered in yourself through going through all of these different things, whether it be the bullying or, you know, uh, you know, figuring out that you had an addiction to being praised, what new strength did you discover through all of this? Man, it was going through my twenties when I learned that, um, I had really strayed from my values and Cause I always had kind of an entrepreneurial spirit, like running a baseball card business, mowing lawns, shoveling sidewalks as a kid. Um, but when I got praise and money in my career in the retail industry, 
I started to stray from my entrepreneurial thought process. And I also started leaving the whole like uh, joy in serving others, being, being there for people, mediation type work. I didn't know it was called coaching at the time. Um, and I started having resentment in my 20s about being the good boy and feeling like I was being taken advantage of and crapped on all the time. You know, nice guys finish last kind of mentality. And, um, and then I, I had a really, what I thought was a healthy mentor in my life, but turned out to be a very toxic one. Because they fed off of my vulnerability around needing approval. They, they saw it. They saw an insecurity and they went after it. And, uh, and yeah, I was really, really going down a wrong path. And so it's during that experience where I strayed so far from my values and was not a really good person you know, at that time. On the surface, I looked really successful and I looked like things were going well, but life was becoming pretty unmanageable. So by the time I'm 30... I felt so unrecognizable inside and so unlovable that, you know, that led me to a suicide attempt where it was just like, you know, this is, this is it. You know, it was music that really saved my life. Uh, Cause Jeff Buckley's hallelujah was playing in the background. And it was at that point where I decided to kind of purge everything out of my body that I was trying to ingest. And uh, it felt like there was a purpose to keep going. And so you know, by the age of 30, that's when I decided it's time to change course, you know, and it's really, it was like, it was the most powerful lyrics too, for me in that song. Like, it was like right in the first verse, I could hear it playing in the background. And it was something about the way the melody was going and everything. You know, the song? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, like I, it's I a classic, man, you know, and it's just like just hearing it just like to this day still moves me. It goes like this, the fourth, the fifth, the minor fall and the major lift and the baffled king composing, hallelujah. And so it just hit me like, man, I gotta keep going. And the strength that came out of it was, you know, I stood up to my mentor. I took action for myself. I took accountability for the things that I had done wrong. And I started getting help. I got a therapist, I got a support system, I started getting help. And I started realizing that I need to learn how to ask for help. And it was the beginning of a journey. So it's been nine years in the making. And the strength was this, that I can overcome anything. Like, especially through my faith. You know, and I'm not Bible thumping here, telling anyone how they believe. But you know, uh, I have a belief in God. And, and in that moment, I got really close to him in a relationship and was like, you know what? I feel like you've built me to thrive through anything so I could serve other people. And my superpower became that was to be able to thrive through things and then be able to articulate it to other people. So they, they know that they're not alone. So like, that's another one of my gifts, even though I have like, I've battled through depression throughout my life. My gift is to be able to articulate what depression feels like while I'm in it. Like, that's the hard, like, who, like that's, it's not easy to do. Like, I'm depressed right now. Let me tell you how it feels. Like, you know, normally I'd want to isolate, but that's been, you know, where I play with vulnerability a lot is that the moment I share something that's deep and personal, it gives permission for others to do the same. And I, I, people. No, I remember one video 
that you did. I think you were walking back into your your house that you had rented while you were traveling and just seeing the emotion, the rawness in, in you to, to sort of come back to that place and, and just have it hit you of like what you had sort of, I don't want to say given up, but what you had sort of put aside while you went to go on this other part of your journey. And just to see that, I, you know, I can definitely tell that you're someone who has no problem, you know, putting yourself out there so that others can relate. I mean, for me, it even, I, I, as we were talking here, you know, that moment was running through my head because over the last little while, I've sort of realized myself that, you know, my wife and I, we have this nice big house and, and, all, and, and all these things in it and how very little importance they have on our life moving forward. Like we're already thinking about in the next few years, potentially downsizing because yeah. we did very well. I mean, don't get me wrong. We bought this house and the Canadian market went nuts a couple of years ago. And, and we're, we've done very well on this house in terms of, you know, the money that it would, the place that it's going to put us financially if we do sell it. Yeah. But, and, you know, not to digress, but the point is, is like, there was just this realization that started to hit me through that video, through other things that I was reading and looking at that, you know, the, there's certain things that are really important in our life and there's other things that aren't so important. And, when you're, you know, at that point, you know, on your deathbed, whatever, however you want to look at it, you're not going to look back and say, I wish I had worked harder, made more money, had a bigger house, nicer car and all this stuff. You're probably going to be laying there thinking, I wish I had to spend more time with this person. I wish I had have experienced this or yeah. that, you know, and, and so there, these, a lot of these realizations have sort of come to me over the last little while. And, you know, and you're nailing to- it, man. No, no you're nailing it because I'll tell you what, like, uh, I will be buried with my record collection. Those are coming <laughs> with me. Um, so, <laughs> my dad was the same way with his. He would never share his records with me. They're like, they're mine, he'd say. I'm like, but I'm your son. Would you give me one? <laughs> no. And I'm like, but, uh, but yeah, like, it, was, it's, it's, uh, it was a ripping and tearing of my pride and ego away by getting rid of things. But I knew it had to be done. It was such an emotional process, but once I did, I started being more free and, and yeah, it was definitely an interesting experience. And then now like my house is still leased out for two more years. We're back in Austin. So we're in a small apartment right now. And even now I'm like, I've brought too much crap into this thing from our offsite. I'm like, <laughs> we're going to thin this thing out and we want to be ready to travel again. So, all right. And now I'm going back to my offsite uh, Wednesday and Friday this week to get rid of more stuff. I'm like, there's stuff in here. I don't want. Yeah. You know, and again, it's just what, what are the things that I really am passionate about family history, things and my record collection, you know, like, and musical instruments, those things stay because they bring a ton of joy. But you know, what? even if I had to sacrifice those things, I'll be all right. It'll yeah. sting for a moment, but I'll be okay. You know? And so that's the thought process too, is like five years ago when I thought I was going to lose everything and I got really sick, I was like, the realization hit me. I was like, we'll never be homeless. Like, we'll always have a couch to crash on or someplace. We've got friends. It won't be ideal. It'll suck, but we'll be okay. We'll never live on the streets. And that's, that's the reality for a lot of us too, you know? So uh, once I let go of this like doomsday scenario in my head and that I had already survived something pretty traumatic in my thir- you know, when I turned 30, I was like, all right, we'll get through this too. So that was all training. You know, when I was, by the time I hit 30, it was all training for what I was going to have to go through next by 2015. It's, it sounds to me like, and this is something that's been brought up in past episodes, but it also sounds to me like the strength that you sort of discovered was self-awareness. It seems to me that at that point in your life, you just hit this point where you just became very self-aware. And, and I, it's funny because 
you're saying it happened to you at 30. And for me, I would say it was like 31, 32. So I'm kind mm-hmm. of wondering if there's something about that age, because, you know, it was two years ago about that. I got let go from my job and I was like, what do I do with my life? And I had to start looking within myself and doing some more self-discovery, but it's weird that it seems to happen or at least for you and I, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know how many other people, but I'd be interested yeah. to see if it's something that happens a lot at, at a particular age, because it's sort of the same for me as at that yeah. point in time when all these realizations started to sort of hit me. And even to what you just spoke to in terms of like, you know, being homeless or whatever, like I literally just said to my dad on, uh, I think this past weekend we were together and he was talking about, you know, like he's retiring at the end of this year and he's always wanted a Cadillac and I'm like, so I'll go and buy it. Cause you know, like live your life. Like finally, like yeah. just do what you want to do. And then the one thing I said to him and, and it wasn't just to him, I think it was everybody that was with us, but I said, you can always make more money, but you can never make more time. And I really wanted to get that point across because yeah. that's what I realized in the last couple of years. Like you're saying in terms of, you know, like just, just knowing that, you know, like you're not going to be homeless because there's always a way to to make your way through any situation. Right. But you, the one thing you can't do is make more time. And I, and I want more yeah. and more people to realize that because it's a, a big thing in, in my opinion, at least. A good friend of mine, Peter Stropel, um, always says that money is infinite. Time is finite. And, uh, and it's exactly what you're saying, you know? And so, yeah, nothing speaks more to the truth than that for me. And, uh, and I have not been the best financial steward either. So I, you know, I've, I've learned, I've learned quite a bit over the past few years, but, uh, I would describe my twenties as like just a raging tornado <laughs> and my thirties have been like, you know, disaster relief, you know, coming in, cleaning. <laughs> it's been messy. You know, it's like just picking up the debris and putting stuff back, getting rid of stuff we don't want, you know, and only taking the stuff we really want forward. So like I I turned 39 in September and I'm like, all right, I'm ready for my 40s, you know, level 39. Here we are. We made it, you know, didn't think I'd make it past level 30. So, uh, you know, with every level comes, you know, new realizations and new challenges, but I'm ready for it. So, yeah, from 35, 34 to now has been the most transformational years, I would say, and especially filled with self-awareness. Like I'm a witnessing my own transformation. And that's what's been pretty wild. Yeah, that's a pretty surreal experience. And, and I, I've been witnessing it more and more recently because over the last about two and a half months or so, I've been meditating pretty much daily for 10 minutes every morning and and I journal right after that so I meditate and then I journal and just looking through it I'm like wow like the amount of stuff that I'm actually in tune with compared to before is incredible so I can I can completely understand where you're coming from so the the next question I have it's it's been a funny one because I asked it to my guest last week and I said you know the, the question is sort of how many times or how would you how do you how many situations of vulnerability or struggle would you say you've been through in your life a lot a little a moderate amount and he challenged me and said compared to what and I was like geez like that's true like and he and he even brought up a couple of things about you know like how you could compare it to people's you know struggles in other countries or other places in the world so it sort of made me uh want to restructure the question a bit and so you're going to be the first one here and let's see how it works out All right, bring it <laughs> so in terms of the struggles and the vulnerabilities you faced, you know, emotionally uh, yourself, like, how do you feel about them now? Like, do you feel like, you know, without them, you couldn't have got to where you are? You know, do you feel like they've affected you in, in a big way? Like, 
just like, how does it make you feel looking back on all of it? You know, we've talked about it a lot, a lot of it up to this point. So how do you feel about it? I'm grateful for everything. I've made a ton of mistakes. I've failed so many times. I've failed other people. I've failed myself. I've hurt people. Um, and I've lifted people up and I've inspired people. And uh, I've, I've been on all, I, I've traveled to both extremes in my life. And while I'm not proud of all of it, I'm very grateful for all of it because I wouldn't be where I am today without it. And so there's no point in wishing things were different. It's a waste of time. All you can do is have an effect on today and where you're going. And so that's been my whole process now. It's about like, where am I going with this? And how do I, how do I stay on track and stay aligned with my values? Because that's what I became very passionate about was like living a life aligned with my values. Now, just because I talk about that stuff doesn't mean it's always easy for me. <laughs> I just know what they are now. So if I go off track, it's easier to get back on track. You know, and so, you know, surrounding myself with great people is huge and being able to do activities in my life that are, you know, that define me more than just my career, you know, having time with family, playing music, all those types of things, they fill my tanks. But there are definitely times where like, you know, I've been toxic to people along the way too. Uh, and so, yeah, there are people that were toxic for me and I had to let them go. But then I've also realized that I was toxic to them during times of my life. And, and a lot of things that made things very complicated for me along the way was getting sick and knowing that some of my moods and the emotions that were happening were not, uh, were not intentionally coming from me. Like I wasn't choosing to act out that way. It was because I actually had physical brain trauma um, that created a, a ton of problems for me in health. And, and I, didn't, I didn't actually get to physically see what those problems were until about a month ago. You know, when I went to California and had my brain scanned you know, by Dr. Daniel Amen and, uh, and finally got the answers I was looking for. But again, even with all that, I still take accountability. So the expression I like to go by is that, you know, I don't always do things right, but I'll never stop trying to make things right. And that's, that's what I live by. And that's how I live life without shame. Um, and I battle shame quite a bit. It's an easy place for me to go to. Very easy place for me to go to. Um, but I work hard at not going to that place. And, uh, and that's one of the things that I do is just like, all right, you know, I'm never going to stop trying to make things right. That, that uh, I mean, <laughs> I'm sort of lost for words because I've done, you're, you're probably episode 16, but that one sentence there is probably one of the most powerful things I've heard uh, so far in terms of just like, I can't make things, I can't, uh, I'm not always going to do things right. Sorry. But I will do my best to make things right. And that to me is, yeah, even just reflecting, as you said that on my own life, there's a lot of things I haven't done right. I mean, in the last couple of years alone, you know, I, I was pushing myself to chase my dreams and do all these things to a point where I almost lost my, my marriage um, mm -hmm. to, to where there was, you know, my wife told me that she contemplated divorce. And, and I know now that there's a lot of things that I didn't do right, but rather than focusing on those, it's better to now make things right. And that's all I've been doing over the last, yeah. you know, eight months to a year and, it, and it's improved our relationship tenfold. And, and then it's just sort of, you know, bled into other parts of my life and other relationships. And so, uh, yeah, that's a, 
That's a powerful one and one to definitely remember. And, you know, I, I, I may be writing it down and putting it somewhere after this because, yeah, that's yeah. just, uh, uh, thanks for that. <laughs> that's, no, that's man, a good one. I, I remember hearing it in, a, in, in another way at one point and it really stuck with me. And, uh, and I take it with me wherever I go. And a lot of people I end up working with and, you know, they, they're battling the same thing in life. And I can tell that they're great people to the core. You know, good people make terrible mistakes, mm-hmm. you know. It happens. It's just whether or not you feel the remorse for it. And, uh, and I definitely have. So, uh, and, I, and I work through that every day because, and I think at one point too, shame was preventing me from elevating my success in what I do. Because I was like, man, at some point people are going to come out of the woodwork and say, that guy's an asshole, you know, or I had a different experience for that guy. You know, you see it all the time on, you know, on the news, you know, yeah. someone's Twitter comments come up from four years ago. Uh, and I'm like, Hey, look, I'm an open book right now. I've said some bad shit. <laughs> I've been shockingly offensive at one point in my life, you know, and I've made terrible mistakes. I'm an open book about all that stuff, but I will use all of it to serve other people. No, oh, like I, and when you said that, you know, about making mistakes, that's life. I mean, nobody's yeah. life is perfect. Nobody's life is going to go the exact way that they want it to. I mean, if I, if it went the way that I wanted it to, I'd be, you know, I'd have a successful company right now. I wouldn't be working at a factory and, you know, there'd be a lot of other things going on, but yeah. that's just not life. Life is going to throw you these curveballs, and it's a matter of how you manage them and, and whether you let them totally defeat you or whether you use them to push you forward. So that's why I've been, you know, that's why I've been fearless about entrepreneurship. Like my company's now five years old as of September. Uh, I went pro as we call it, uh, April of 2015. And that meant I, left my career and started my own business and decided that that would be my full-time income. And I only rely on this business to provide for me and my family. And I've done it now for almost five straight years. I've, I've been doing this full-time and it just like, I'm not looking back. I, I can't even remember the old lifestyle now. Like this is just what I do. And I never fear losing it. It's just like, all right, there's just ups and downs. There's hills and valleys. So I, I always have this thing around like not glamorizing or glorifying entrepreneurship. And you see a lot of that on Instagram specifically and LinkedIn too. Like look at me doing all this beautiful shit and like, you know, all the glamor and the events people go to, you know, nobody shows the stuff behind the scenes where like your bank accounts like gone negative, you know? And it's just like the money's coming, but it's not there today, you know, when you need it. And it's just like, going through that kind of those hills and valleys, you know, the behind the scenes stuff, like that's why I try and be very transparent about it. But that's what all these experiences built me for was so that I could finally build my own business, you know? And so that's why being an entrepreneur felt like a piece of cake compared to everything <laughs> else. I was like, this part's easy, you know? And so, and that's the thing that I see too, that so many, when you talk about vulnerability, so many people are afraid to do it with their businesses. Like there's a fear that if I'm vulnerable, no one will work with me. If I don't look like I have it all together, I won't have a successful business. And I'm like, that's bullshit. Yeah, and, and I've learned through experience now, like when those videos that you talked about too, like, man, I did a series of videos where I did not want to do those videos. And, uh, and again, in my faith, I was challenged to like, no, you're going to do these. People need to see this stuff. I'm like, oh. And I'm like, no one's ever going to want to work with me again. I look like a train wreck in this video. I'm depressed. I'm not feeling good. And, um, 
it's funny, like those videos were the ones where most people connected the most, you know, where people really connected deeply with it. And that's the ones people wanted to work with me. But like that was the tiebreaker, they said. That was the video that I was like, I have to work with you because you get it. You're not just like professionally trained, but life-wise, you've been through this and you get it. And I'm like, awesome. You know, <laughs> so again, the whole purpose is just like to serve other people and not just be like this woe is me kind of thing. Because I'll say, I'm, I'm going to say one thing that's kind of edgy, or it's, it's kind of pissed some people off in the past. And, I, and I, I've got another guy out there that really aligns with this. But too often, I've seen people leverage vulnerability and authenticity as a marketing technique. It's on trend. Yeah. And some people don't like it when I say that. But it's true. Like, I've seen it. Like, this is me being vulnerable. This yeah. is me being authentic. But where's the definition behind it? What's the purpose of it? Every time I'm choosing to be authentic or vulnerable, there's, there's got to be a purpose for it. It's not just, hey, here's me crying in the bathroom today, you know, and this is something tragic I went through. Like, no, here's something I'm going through or went through. Here's the lesson that I learned. And then now here's my challenge or question for you. You know, I want to make something out of it. You know, it has to serve a purpose. And so that's, that's where I really believe, like, uh, that's when you're getting very honest. And you're letting people into that level and you're making a lesson out of it. And you've got some kind of uh, takeaway for it. So I went off probably way off track. But no, no. It's and that's near to my heart right now. Yeah. That's podcast though, man. Like there's no, I don't expect every episode to be the same. I don't expect things to not go off course. I've had an episode a few episodes ago where I threw questions in there that were way off what I usually do and, and started a whole new conversation to the point where we were like, you know what, we should probably just do another episode about this, but you got to run with your intuition, man. Yeah. Well, and, 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 you know, the last thing you brought up there, like there's a couple other things, you know, the, uh, first, you know, the, the part about, you know, becoming an entrepreneur and, and getting into, you know, the negatives in your bank account and all that. The one thing I've learned recently through reading books and stuff is the saying, I don't know who said it or whatever, but it's, there's no such thing as failing only learning. And to mm -hmm. me that that's key is that you have to know, like my business failed in my opinion completely last year um, because everything that I did at the end of the year was not really working. And, and, you know, I built an app that we don't even use anymore and so on and so forth. And, but I learned from it and I pivoted and I changed my business and now we're, we're seeing some pickup again. But you know, like if, if you just consider it failing and give up, then you're not going to get any further. The second thing I wanted to sort of, point out there was when you talked about relatability that that sort of came to me in a big way when I first came on LinkedIn last year and you know I realized that you know like you're saying when you share these stories where you think people are going to judge you or they're going to feel a certain way about you it's actually the opposite a lot of times people just relate to you and then it opens up more conversations and more connections and that's sort of where I feel like you find your community I've I've met people in the last couple of years that are now some of my closest friends because we were yeah. going through similar situations and we were able to relate. So completely agree with you there. So, I mean, yeah, it's, uh, it's just it, it, this whole thing. And then the last thing I wanted to, to mention is I was scared, uh, like crazy scared of, but what you just said in terms of the whole vulnerability and authenticity become like this marketing mm -hmm. thing. When I started, decided to start this, that was like one of the first thoughts in my mind is like, are people going to think that this is just, you know, me trying to tie on to something, but, and that's why so my first episode of the podcast was me telling my story. Cause I said, I can't expect to have people come on here and share their stories if I haven't shared mine. Otherwise, right. again, it might just look like I'm trying to find people that, are marketable and that can help me grow this. I, I need to share mine first. So 
Um, but yeah. I was there's nothing wrong with that. wanting a little bit of both, you know. Yeah. And and again, there's nothing wrong with wanting to make money either. Like mm-hmm. there's nothing evil about that. And I've seen that perspective show up on LinkedIn now, where it's like, oh well, if you're here to make money, and and you say that first over serving others, then you're you're bad. I'm like, no, LinkedIn <laughs> exists as a platform to grow your business and also connect. Um, and what I've learned is my relationship with money has changed because the more I make now, the more I can serve. Like yeah. I'm not looking to buy more stuff anymore. Like I, the more I have, the more I can scale my business, the bigger the platform I can have and the more people I can serve. And that's where I'm at right now with that and that relationship. And yeah, uh, you don't have to worry about whether people think it's real or not. As long as you know, it's real, that's all that matters yeah. and you'll attract your people. And so that's the thing. You have to stop giving a shit about what other people are going to perceive because you can't control that. You can't control whether or not someone's going to think you're the real deal or not. I still get tons of people. There are a lot of people out there that say I'm a raging narcissist. <laughs> you know? And look, I, I even agreed sometimes like, oh, I think I have narcissistic tendencies. I even Googled it once. Am I a narcissist? And Google said, if you're looking this up, no, you're not. Like, <laughs> narcissists don't Google that. Like, I'm like, all right, well, cool. So, but I have some selfish tendencies. I know that, but self-awareness helps. But it's, it's all perspective and you can't control that. You might be able to influence it, but you can't control it. So as long as you know that you're coming from the right place and you're asking yourself, what is my motivation behind you know, sharing this? And I've asked myself that too. Sometimes I've realized it has come from a selfish place. Oh, I'm doing it today because I really want people's approval and I want people's, you know, pity or, you know, whatever it is. I want to feel, you know, validated and I need their approval. So that's, and if I'm doing it for that purpose, I'm like, oh man, I, I need to step away, you know, but if I'm doing it from a place of serving, you know, then it's from a place of being selfless and, and having a servant's heart. So I always want to ask myself, what's my motivation behind this? And, uh, and I've got people in my life, too, who will call me out if they sense something different and make me think. They won't judge, but they'll call me out on it and fiercely love on me. And so I think that's really important, you know. So, yeah, be fearless about it. Because I will share this. The secret sauce to all of this stuff, man, it's not in, it's not in the marketing tools you have. It's not about your email list. It's not about, you know, your click funnels and all that crap <laughs> website. If you can't talk about who you are and what you stand for, value, and believe in, you shouldn't spend a dime on your business. Like, matter of fact, you should invest in somebody to help you unearth that verbiage. You know, if you can only speak in terms of SEO, then no, that's not going to help you either. Like, you have to learn how to articulate who you are and what you stand for, value, and believe in. And not just that. In sales, they're always talking about you gotta you gotta figure out what's the problem in the world that you want to solve. You know, you got in sales, that's what you gotta do. You gotta this is the problem I'm gonna solve. The most important part, the secret to it is, is you have to talk about when you are part of the problem. So if there's a problem in this world that you want to solve, you better be able to articulate when was the time that you were part of the problem. You know, so I have a belief that everyone should live a life aligned with their values. But the problem is so many people live life aligned with values that have been defined by others, which may make us look successful, but inside we feel like we're not enough. And so then I would have to lead with, I remember a time in my life when I was, and that's, that's where it is. Most people skip that part. They don't share when they were part of the problem. They just, here's the problem I solve. Here's who I work with. Here's my call to action. 
you know, let's make yeah, it rain, yeah. spend money on me, <laughs> you know, but no, you, you got to say when you were part of the problem, that's, what's going to build trust. So by the time somebody gets on the phone with me and we haven't even met yet, but we're getting on the phone, there's already been a small layer of trust built because I went there first, just like you talked about with your podcast. It's brilliant. That's the way to do it. That's how you're going to build genuine, authentic relationships. And that's how you're going to attract your tribe. You know, so I could go on a whole other tangent about social media <laughs> and, how, and how you build your tribe and, and in my perspective of building tribes, because um, I've seen so many different things, um, you know, evolve from LinkedIn over the past couple of years. Um, and it's been fascinating, but yeah, that's a whole other topic. <laughs> I, I already, I, I've said this before. I already feel like there's going to be, you know, return guests and there's going to have to be at some point just different topics and different ways of positioning them because I'm, I'm seeing this a lot. Like it's great to have people share their stories and give people sort of tips and tricks and stuff that they can use. But I feel like there's got to be some sort of different uh, I guess episode type or something, whatever later on, because it just seems like this is something that continues to come up where we sort of go on this tangent somewhere else. And then there's like this whole new topic that I can think of, but again, you know, yeah. not to go on another it's, tangent. And it's, it's vulnerable. <laughs> it's vulnerability in social media. It's vulnerability, yeah. you know, in your career vulnerability, like it, it's so many different chapters and, and segments of it. Um, but yeah, that's just my overall take on it is that I try and bring this everywhere in life. Not just, not just one place you have yeah. to, your values have to be uh, congruent at home as in your career. Because if you have to show up at your job differently than you show up in your life, then you got a problem. And you're probably wearing a mask and eventually you're going to forget who you are. No, I can definitely, like I said, I can see that in my own life and, and even just some people around me. So I couldn't agree more. So at this point in your life, uh, would you say that you found success and fulfillment or that you're still on your journey towards it? I will always be on my journey. Like that's not going to end. So, um, but it is important to experience fulfillment, like then to always be chasing it because that was a problem for me when I was younger was always trying to level up, you know, get the next promotion. And I was on a, I was on a tear in my twenties where I was getting promoted every year. And that's freakishly unusual. And so like the one year I didn't get promoted, I was like, is there something wrong with me? Am I going to get fired? Is my performance <laughs> bad? Like I built this on, you know, uh, it just wasn't a normal thought process, you know, about what success should look like. And so I've actually learned to like stop and pause and enjoy what contentment is like to be content, you know, not complacent, but content, you know, to have a moment to stand at the summit and look at the view of like, man, we did this, you know, this is awesome to take a moment and be grateful, you know, because that's what's exhausting is when you can't take those moments. It's like when you've accomplished your goal and then it's like, all right, that's awesome. Glad I did that. Now what, yeah. you know? And so that's where I started learning. I could overcome everything because I had to learn how to be grateful too. You know, I had to be grateful and I had to remember like, wait a second, I'm creative, resourceful and whole enough to overcome this stuff, you know, through my inner circle, through my faith, all these different things. So yeah, I've had to learn to sit there and appreciate the accomplishments that I've had, not sit with them forever, but just like take a moment and enjoy the view and then take the lessons that I've learned and then bring them to the next thing. Because if you just jump to the next level, you, you don't, you forget to bring the lessons with you. 
and you end up doing it the same way every single time. No, every time I level up, I try and do it a little differently. I try and take some lessons, I make some adjustments, and I try and be more efficient. Uh, gratitude you've brought it up a few times about being grateful and gratitude <laughs> for those of you that can't see it Matt just lifted up a mug <laughs> with the word gratitude on it and I couldn't agree more gratitude has been something that I've been practicing for probably about a year now it started with a, a simple calendar reminder every morning at around 9 a.m and it would just say remember two things to be grateful for and then uh, just through doing that it would just become more something that I was just more present about in life where I was just constantly more grateful. And now in the last few weeks, I've started in my journal where the end of my journal is two things that I'm grateful for. And I write them down and, and it just, yeah, it's life changing, completely life changing. If there's one thing, if there's one thing I can tell anybody to add to their life, it's gratitude, whatever shape Mm -hmm. or form, it doesn't matter to me, whether you journal it, whether you just think about it, whether you meditate, it doesn't matter, have gratitude in your life and it will completely start to shift the way things go for you. So, so yeah, couldn't, couldn't, couldn't agree more. So I'm down to my last couple of questions. Um, Good. We got this, two hours to go. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, this last, uh, the, the last question is really a question. But anyways, this last question that I'm going to ask, though, you know, there's a, there's a ton of takeaways that people can take from this episode. If they were to listen back and take notes, they would find a ton of things that they could pull from this episode to affect their own life or change their own situation. But if you can give people three key takeaways. Um, that that they can use, you know, finish this episode, you know, put their phone down and three things that they could do today, tomorrow, or like right now um, to start changing their life. What would you say those three key takeaways would be? Hmm. Hey, Fox, come here. Come here, buddy. Come here. Let's see. Come up here. Let's see. Well, this guy would be number one, but what he represents to me is being present, be present in your own life, experience your own life. And, you know, we talked about it earlier, how money is infinite, time is finite. And he's only going to be this size for like one minute. And then he's going to be a grown adult. You have new teeth now, don't you? Right? I have new teeth. That's right. He has new teeth. So here, I'll put you down. I love you. But yeah, being present in your own life. And don't reinvent yourself, but rediscover yourself. Go back to a time in your life when you had a snapshot where everything felt perfect in that moment. And I promise you, your core values exist in that time. And if you live your life aligned by those things and you fill your cup with those activities, it'll evoke the best in you. And um, I'd say the, the last thing is to surround yourself with epic people. Have a very tight inner circle. And be relentless in your pursuit for finding them. It is not easy to find a best friend, you know, but it does get easier if you choose to put yourself out there. If you choose to be vulnerable, yes, somebody will hurt you and take advantage potentially, but you can shut that down and move on to the next person. You will find your person. So be relentless in your pursuit and make sure that you also know when to let go of people in your life too when to release people from your life. You don't have to hang on to these relationships that are toxic because you know, the truth is you might be toxic to them too. And so it releases the two of you from it. And then you create a vacancy in your life for someone new to enter in it that might align with your values. So I promise you that no one climbs a mountain alone. You surround yourself with great people and anything is possible. 
I couldn't agree more. I've, I've, I've found that, like I said earlier in the episode in the last couple of years, I've found some of the people that I'm closest with now. And it's cool to have a ton of friends or acquaintances, whatever you want to call them, but there really is only a few people in your life that are going to see you through the good, the bad, the ugly, and support you through it all and be there when you need them. And so I couldn't agree more. So the, the last expression thing that like, I lean on though, I'll tell you this, the expression that someone told me a long time ago was, um, you know, the acquaintances in your life, you know, the people who are kind of on the outer circle. Um, those are the people that will help you move to a new house. You know, they'll come over and move some boxes and stuff. Your inner circle friends, those people will help you move a body. Like, no questions <laughs> asked. They'll show up and they'll, yeah. they'll do the work. You yeah. know, luckily, I've never had to make that call. But, uh, you know, I got people in my life I'd take a bullet for, you know, hands down. And I'd do anything for those people. And they'd do anything for me. It's got to be symbiotic. And so that's a, that's a game changer in life. Definitely. I couldn't agree more. So the last thing, like you said, not so much a question, but I want to give everybody that comes on the podcast an opportunity to sort of promote themselves and, and let people know what they're up to, anything they've got coming up, uh, you know, follow their social, whatever it is that they want to talk about. Uh, because again, this, this podcast is about you, your story, and, and I just want to give you that opportunity. So the floor is yours. Go ahead. Oh, wow. Well, if you call now, um, <laughs> no, like, uh, you know, I primarily work with people one-on-one -on -one, and everything that we've talked about today is the same kind of thing that I help other people with, you know, specifically high performers and achievers that have just like worked themselves to almost burn out. You know, I want to help those people get unstuck in life and help them either, uh, change their careers and change their perspective on life or help them rediscover, you know, how to move forward. Um, and that's been transformational work. I absolutely love it. And on top of that, I do speeches all over the country on it too. So, um, I've really enjoyed working with teams and talking to people because one-on-one -on -one coaching is phenomenal. I'm happy that I get to do it on a global level now and it's been amazing, but it only serves one person at a time. Speaking allows me a platform to serve so many more people and, uh, introduce them into the topic you know, and start a discussion. Cause I don't want to just motivate you. I want to empower you and then something that you can take and run with it after the talk. And so that's what I'm super passionate about right now. And that's what I call living life with a courageous heart. You know, that's living a life aligned with your values. So people are interested in that and how to do that or how to do it, not just in their life, but also do it on social media. Cause I do the same thing. I'm like, you want to learn how to bring this on your social media. I'll help you with that, but we're going to dig deep. You better, if you want to work with me, you better be ready to be uncomfortable and you better be ready to invest in yourself too, you know, because so many people want this work to be like cheap and, and not spend much money on it. And I'm like, but you're going to spend 600 bucks a month on a car payment, you know, but you're not willing to put any money in yourself, you know? <laughs> so I want to work with people who are really ready to get uncomfortable and ready to put some skin in the game because I'm all in. So yeah, connect with me on LinkedIn. I love that platform. Um, send me a personal note though. Like I'm maxed out with connections. Um, so you can connect and follow my stuff there. You can follow me on uh, Instagram at Life Story Coaching. But um, email's great too. Matt at lifestorycoaching.net. Shoot me a note. Let me know what's up. You know, let's schedule a time to talk. I'd love to help. You know, so I'm super pumped. I've been nominated for two TED Talks. And I, I, I don't know awesome. if I'm going to get them yet, but I got nominated for two, both in February. One in Massachusetts, one here in South Austin. And um, super pumped and uh, also uh, just getting really excited for a big event uh, coming up in uh, Banff, uh, Canada uh -huh. called the Cult Gathering. And I highly recommend checking it out. My buddy Ryan Gill, uh, he runs it, but it's going to have some of the 
top CEOs in the country um, at it, like Skittles, uh, ESPN, <laughs> I believe, Hot Wheels, like all these like amazing like CEOs that not just are, are cool people, but they, they have great cultures in their companies. So I'm, I'm getting involved in a lot of different things right now. But if you want to check it out, if you want to ask questions, just reach out to me. Awesome. There. Awesome. That's enough promotion time. That's, that's <laughs> a lot. <laughs> no, it's all good. Well, again, Matt, I, I got to thank you for coming on today. Uh, like I said, you know, before we got on the call, you know, I said, you know, I knew a little bit about your story, but I definitely know a lot more now and, and, you know, appreciate you, uh, you taking the time to share this. And, and again, I think that there's a lot of stuff in here that was impactful for me and I think is going to be impactful for others. And really at the end of the day, my goal with this is to impact at least one person with each episode. And I have a feeling yours can impact a few more than that, but uh, thank you again. And, and I appreciate the time and, and again, the vulnerability that you shared. Thank you a lot. Appreciate you, brother. Take care. Thank you for listening to The Vulnerable Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and leave a review. It helps get the word out and means more than you know. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram at vulnerable.podcast or on Facebook and LinkedIn by searching Vulnerable Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at the B-E-L-M-E-D-A, that's the B-E-A-L-M-E-I-D-A, or by searching my name on Facebook and LinkedIn. If you know anyone with a great story of going from struggle to success, please let me know as I would love to interview them for the show. I appreciate you taking the time to listen and see you next week.